0: looking forward to that for him being with us. Heard a story of a husband that woke up one morning and saw his wife standing in front of her closet. And uh, she looked at him and said, "Uh, honey, do you realize what today is? And husband said, absolutely. I know exactly what today is. I would never forget today. Got dressed, got in his car, headed to work thinking, what in the world is today? Is it our wedding anniversary? Is it her birthday? Is it our first date? What is it? He got the office and he told the secretary, he said, Listen, send a dozen, no, send two dozen red roses with baby breath to my wife. A little later in the morning he called his wife and said, Honey, tonight I want you to put on your best dress. We're going to your favorite restaurant. We're gonna we're gonna f- we're gonna eat, we're gonna drink, we're gonna dance, we're just gonna have a blast. And so got off work, went home, picked his wife up, took her to her favorite restaurant. She got her favorite meal. They had a bottle of champagne. They danced. They celebrated. And as they went home, headed to the bedroom, he asked her, how was your day today? She said, this is the best St. Patrick's Day I've ever had. (laughs) I've ever had. So this week week was St. Patrick's Day. I... uh, did, did anybody get pinched? I didn't even know it. Put a shirt on the head green, so nobody, nobody pinched me all day. So if you didn't pinch anybody, just reach over and pinch pinch somebody right now. That will uh, work. Uh, Luke twenty four. We've we've shared this passage of scripture. I believe last week we we'll talked about how Jesus took the bread, broke the bread, blessed the bread, and gave the bread. In this story, most of you know the story that uh, he had just been horrifically murdered, have been crucified, have been placed in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And two of the disciples, uh, for some reason, did not obey. He told them to stay in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit came, until the gift of the Holy Spirit came. For some reason, they were uh, determined to walk to Emmaus, which was a seven-mile walk. You realize there were no taxis or cars or Ubers, in that day they walked wherever they went. And uh, as they were walking, Jesus started walking with them. You know the story. They didn't recognize him, a couple of reasons, maybe because his hair had turned white through the suffering of hematidosis, which is the sweat glands bursting, and and you begin to perspire blood, and it causes the the hair to uh, become white. Or maybe God just hid that from them, but they didn't know. Who he was, and he saw they were depressed. Begin to talk, begin to encourage, begin to share. How the Bible said that the the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and he would be sold as as a as a slave, and all the all the prophecies. And uh, then they got to where they were going, and most you know they they're, they're going to go in. They ask him to bless the food, and he does, and they recognize it's him, and they immediately go back to Jerusalem, seven mile walk. And told the disciples that they had seen him and knew that it was him by the breaking of the bread, the way that he broke the bread. If you weren't here last week, I don't have time to comment on that. But I want to bring attention to verse 28. Luke 24, verse 28. Luke 24, verse 28. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone farther. They got to the place where they wanted to go. But Scripture here implies or actually infers that he would have gone on. He would have walked farther. And I just wonder sometimes how many times in our life we become satisfied or complacent with where we are in Christ, and we go as far as we feel like that we can go, not realizing that maybe God wants to take us just a little bit farther. There's a song that says, just a closer walk with thee, granted, dear Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee, let it be, let it be. The Beatles also said, let it be. So there you, you have a spiritual and a natural, a secular inference. But I just, this morning as we were, or as I was preparing this morning, been preparing this week, and and I uh, want to have a little fun this morning with you. But I just begin to feel like in my heart and spirit, I begin to question God. Am, am I where you want me to be? Am I doing what you want me to do? Am I walking in all of the blessings and the favor and the, and the promises that you provided? Am I, am I where I need to be? And uh, I've, I've come to a place in my life where I am content but not satisfied. I'm content but not satisfied. I'm, I'm pleased with my life. I'm pleased with my family. I'm, I'm pleased with where I'm at. But I, I feel like sometimes in my heart there is more that God has. There's more that God wants to do. And there, there's more that God wants to be uh, involved in our life. And as I reflect on that, I begin to reflect on the things that take care of some of the, some of the needs in my life, some of the things in my life. And obviously money, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10 and 19, Answereth all things. Uh, it's kind of unusual to go to church on a Sunday morning and hear a message about money, but I don't want to talk about this money this morning. I want to talk about the power of the sowing, the power of the seed. What happens when a seed is, is, is applied correctly? In the attitude of, I'm not really where I want to be financially. Can anybody relate? Nobody can relate. We, we can talk about something else this morning. But but I think that there's a lot of things that hinder us in life simply because we don't have the finances to do some of the things we want to do. And obviously, if there's more money in ministry, more money would be spent on ministry. If there's more finances in the church, obviously the church would do more. But in the in the life of Hank and Rhonda, if there was more money, there's some things that we would do that we've been wanting to do. Does anybody have a bucket list? My bucket list is not to jump out of an airplane. That's not, that's not on my bucket list. But there's some things that I would like to see, some promises that God has made. And I, I just like to, to be able to go into the next dimension or the next realm. The word says that the wealth of the wicked are laid up for the righteous. And as you begin to see, some of the money being spent, I believe, just on the inauguration, the millions of dollars, uh, television ads for the presidential campaign, how millions and millions and millions of dollars are being spent. And I'm, I'm led to believe today that there is not a lack of finances, but I believe that finances are in the wrong hands. And I'd like to see God turn some things around in my life in the area of favor. Uh, my, my precious suburban just got 316,000 miles and of course i've maintained it i think i put 12 transmissions in it i'm not sure how many transmissions the vehicle has had and yesterday i told brother al i didn't like that sound that i heard when it went to shift from second to third but uh, i prayed in tongues and everything was o- was okay but i as i this week as different ones have been telling me of some things that have happened just 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 favor just things that have happened, taken place, just favor. Anybody relate this week how God just seemed to apply favor to them they received a blessing they weren't aware of or didn't know that was going to happen? In Deuteronomy 8 and 18, I want, to, I want to share a scripture with you. God is simply saying to the church body and to the local body, to his sons and daughters, he said, whatever you do in the last days, don't forget me because I'm the one that gives you the power To get wealth. And I begin to reflect on that term, power to get wealth. You know, a lot of people think that wealth is a bad thing. The love of money is a bad thing. Wealth is not a bad thing. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, now unto him that's able to do, watch this, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, in us. There's a power that God has released in us, and it is the power to get wealth. And a lot of times we begin to reflect in some of our the things we do for, for finances, the things we do for a job, and we begin to realize that God has given us some incredible talents, some incredible abilities to be used for His glory. And I don't want to stop at the talents, the abilities that God has given me. If there's more that God has for me, then I want more. Can anybody relate? I want all the promises in the Word of God. The Bible says in Psalms 35 and 27, let them favor thy righteous cause. Let them say continuously, the Lord hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Not only does God want you blessed, but God is is excited when you're blessed in the area that you are supposed to be blessed in. If we could summon John the Beloved from heaven and we could ask him to stand behind this podium today and allow him to just share what's on his heart. you got to remember, uh, John could talk about the Beatitudes. He was there. He could talk about the Garden of Gethsemane. He was there. He could talk about not just the crucifixion, not just the resurrection, but John was caught up into heaven and he saw all that heaven has and began to see all the things concerning the last days and the promise of eternal reward. If John was here this morning, he could speak on any of those subjects. But in 1 John 3 and 2, he said this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest be in good health and thou mayest prosper. And that's that, there's that word again. If, if John could talk about Calvary, talk about heaven. But if John was here, he would teach you a lesson on how to have the ability to get more, to do more in the kingdom, to keep yourself blessed, and yourself happy. I'm preaching good this morning. Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein to do day and night. Then thou mayest have good success and thou mayest prosper. There is, this is the only time the word success is found in the Bible and it's, ta- and it's talking about the word of God, the promises of God. Then it talks about good success. Is there a bad success? Absolutely. I have I have secular friends in my life that are wealthy. Some of them are 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 millionaires. Uh, One one friend probably has over a hundred million that that I know of, and spend about three times a year. I will sit with him and just pick his brain and just ask him what's going on right now in the money market. But even my friend who has over a hundred million dollars is unhappy. He's not he's not happy because you can be successful and not have the god connection in your life and not be happy. When the Bible says that you, you if this if this word abides in me you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you when the word of god starts abiding in your life your priorities begin to change. And the things that you wanted when you were a teenager or the things that you wanted when you were in the world all those your appetite, your desires, your your direction your, your, your priorities, everything changes. All of a sudden, you want what God wants you to have in life, and you want the, enough not just to meet your need, the definition of prosperity, not just to meet your need, but to meet the need of somebody else. David said, my cup runneth over. I think God wants us at a place not where we could just satisfy the the desires of our heart, that he promises that we could have the desires of our heart, but we could meet the desires of somebody else. Do I have a friend in the place today? And I want to talk a little bit about the power of sowing. Uh, Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. What a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. What what the disciples is saying there is that we're sowing things today that we are going to reap eternally, eternally. There's a day coming where we're going to stand before God, Matthew 28, and He's going to say, "Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many." enter thou into the joy of the Lord that's been prepared for thee since the foundation of the world. And we're going to say, God, what did we sow in? What were we involved in? What, would, what did we do to deserve this? And, of course, there's nothing we can do to deserve heaven. That's just God's gift. But God said, when you sow in the widow, when you sow in the orphan, and when you sow in someone in prison, you're sowing in the things that I, my heart's there, I'm involved in, and you sowed in those things on earth, and now you're going to reap those things in heaven. Most of you realize naked we came into this world, and through a process of time, naked we shall leave this world. We came with nothing but the things that God gave us to be, to be a blessing, and when we get to heaven, we one day will give account for what we did and did not do and one day God will begin to reward us for what we did and did not do. Now, I'm not in any hurry to go to heaven. A little, wa- little water, Pastor Todd. I'm not in any hurry to go to heaven. But when I get there, I want to be blessed. I want, I want my life here on earth to make a difference in someone else's life that I would hear him say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's our priority. That's our purpose, and I hope that's our motivation to bless people here on earth so one day when we get to heaven, we're blessed for our efforts. Do I have a friend in the house today? (laughs) There are three things that God requires of us. And let me go back just a minute to the uh, Galatians 6 and 7 about sowing. Most of you have heard this story. If you've heard it, just just acknowledge you haven't heard it. Act like this. this is the first time that you were hearing it. Um when I graduated from high school I went to law school and I got very disillusioned in college I just I just I started hanging out with cops highway patrol I had wanted to be a California highway patrolman for a season and then become a lawyer that was just the way that I wanted to roll and uh I got very disillusioned with the police department police officer just that's that's a, a long story but I got involved in construction I left college got involved in construction, and there, in, in that window of being in construction, I begin to smoke pot. Now, that's not a container you crush up, but pot is uh, Well, most of you know it's a cannabis, and you know what I'm what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I I hung out with some wealthy friends that they didn't like smoke the normal marijuana; they smoked the the real the the potent stuff. And I uh, I collected some seeds, and I was living at my grandparents' house. My great grandfather had died. Left an airstream trailer there at their house, and uh, I rented that, and that's where I lived and I, I, I did construction, I came home and I smoked pot and had a bag of seed and it was my goal one day to have my own place and to plant my own pot and grow my own weed. Does anybody identify with this at all and then uh, one day I just I was cleaning out the trailer and I said, You know what i'll never I'll never have my own place. I'm a pothead, I'll always be a pothead' and I'll never be able to plant this seed. So I threw, it, I threw it in the backyard, not knowing. The next day, my grandpa gets a rototiller, and he digs up the backyard. He plows up the backyard, and he puts these rows, and he starts planting, and he plants in one row radishes. He plants in one row lettuce, in one row carrots. I think there some some cucumber mounds, excuse me, Look at the volume. (laughs) So, all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, little tiny radish seed plants, little tiny lettuce plants, little tiny uh, carrot plants, but all over the garden, these other plants started coming up. And uh, most of my cousins, we were all smoking pot, and we spent a lot of time at Grandpa's house. So we watched Grandpa water, fertilize, cultivate these marijuana plants. And we were all thinking, we are going to go, and we're going to pull those plants, and we're going to smoke those plants. And Grandpa has no idea what's going on. But a couple of days before we thought it was time to pull the plants, my grandfather stops law enforcement there in the neighborhood. And law enforcement comes. And he pulls up the pot, the the pot and puts it in the trunk of his car. And I, I know that he took that pot and smoked it. I know he didn't throw it away. I know that. But I but I here's what I learned. I learned that whatever you sow, that's exactly what you're going to reap. Whatever you sow, that's exactly what you're going to reap. And when I look at the power of sowing and reaping, I look at our nation and I look at some of the places our nation's at right now. And we are in trouble. We are a nation that is in trouble. And when I think about the trouble that we're in, I think about some of the things our nation sowed in this ca- in this country, in this land, when they when they came here. Most of you know that I am a registered card-carrying. I vote. I am a I'm a Creek Indian. Uh, my my tribe is in McAllister, Oklahoma, and uh, I'll be going to McAllister June first June first and get a new card. I lost my card but I am a card-carrying Indian. I'm not that much Indian, but I milk it every, every chance I get. But when I think about what the government sowed in this land when it came, when the government came to, when, when, when we came to this land, we brought with us smallpox. There was a vaccination for smallpox that we had, but the Indians did not. And through the process of us coming to this country and sowing smallpox, Thousands of Indians died of smallpox because there was no vaccination. When we came into this country, we introduced alcohol to the Indians. Today, on a lot of reservations, the thing that most Indians do is that they drink. They're giving free alcohol every month, free cheese every month. And uh, many Indians on reservations have had their ankles or their knees amputated because of alcohol. Has destroyed their life, and I look at th- I look at the alcohol that we introduced to the Indian, and then I remember that every three, every 53 minutes someone dies in America through a drunk driver or they are a drunk driver every 53 minutes. And then when I think about there was something else that I, th- when, when, when I look at the smallpox, I see that we sowed smallpox, and guess what we reaped? AIDS, we're a nation that is that is ravaged with disease of AIDS that apparently there's no cure. There's a way to delay death, but there's really no cure for that whatsoever. And I think of how we introduced gunpowder and we introduced firearms to the Indians. And I look now at some of the shootings taking place and some of the, the dangers our country is in. And we look at some of the things that we sowed. There is power in a seed. There is power in a seed. And when you look at the seed and we talked about our our marijuana seed but i i went um earlier this month and uh, this is a seed this is an acorn this is just a little old a little old acorn this is a white oak a- acorn this is the acorn that, that the deer like to eat and we have a tree there at the duplex so that tree has produced not just one not just two but ten of these buckets already of acorns In my hand is enough acorns, if it's sowed correctly, I could grow a forest, if sowed correctly. One seed, one seed, Aaron for your birthday. (laughs) One seed, one bucket. Look at the trees represented. What about 10 buckets? How powerful that seed is. I have here two pounds of wildflower seed. If I plant this correctly, stay with me, five years from now, I would have enough flowers to paint a mountain. I could paint them just one little seed. I have in my pocket, I was taught, I went to Indiana to do a full gospel businessmen's meeting, and I was taught that one kernel of corn planted correctly can produce 8,780 kernels of corn. One kernel planted correctly. Then I think about, Brother Keith, if you'll help me, when I think about the seeds that God has sowed into many of us, this is, thank you. This is approximately eight thousand kernels of corn, one seed planted correctly. And I think about the seeds that God plants in our life. Every song, every prayer, every church service. I seem to be out. Hold this, for, hold this for me. All the seed that God has sowed in her life. Anybody else? I think Jean celebrated eight years of marriage this week. Leela. power of a seed. Aaron, if you'll stay after church a few minutes. (laughs) Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. What? The seed that's been planted. The seed that's been planted. Expectation. I felt like the Lord gave this to me yesterday. I was afraid I was not going to remember it, so I put it on my phone, then I lost it on my phone. But I believe there are three things that God requires of us to be what we're supposed to be. To do what we're supposed to do and one of those three things is time i think god wants us to sow some time into the kingdom he told the disciples he said could you not tarry with me just one hour i think the second thing that god wants us to sow in the kingdom is our talent you know the story god gave one man five talents one man three one man one but everybody got a talent i think the third thing that god wants us to sow in the kingdom is our tithe. Tithe is a trust issue. Let me share with you just just kind of um, a, sim, a simile of how our nation works out right now financially, the trouble our nation is in. But the majority of most of us, when we go to work for a company and we get our check, we don't get the whole of our check. Something has been taken and what is that? The tax has become the first fruit and the, the, in, the government has figured out a way how to get your first fruit, to take your first fruit, so when you get what the remainder left over, and God can bless the remainder, but there's just something about the power of tithing, the power of blessing. When you go outside, uh, Al was telling me about, was, where was it when you saw the stars that were just phenomenal? Australia? Australia. If you go even, even to Australia and you look up in the sky tonight here in, in Cleveland, you look up at the night and you can see the Little Dipper. And if you notice the position of Little Dipper, it's as if a hand is offering the Little Dipper to heaven. That's exactly the way that legs out. But then when you find the Big Dipper, it looks like a hand has turned the, the Big Dipper upside down and it's pouring out upon earth. And that's exactly the way that God rolls. You can't outgive God. You can't outbless God. You can't out. You can't. You can't. You can't do it because His Dipper is so much bigger. Than our dipper. Do I have a friend in the house today? The money has the. Where the Bible, where the Bible says that money answers all things. Money has the ability to talk. How many knew that money talks? Well, let me tell you what. How money talks. Uh, let me talk to money today, if I can. Hundred dollar bill. What did you do today? Oh, I went golfing. I got me a cart. I got I got my clubs. I went golfing, spent the whole day, had a blast. $50 Bill, what did you do today? Oh, I went to Red Lobster. I went to Red Lobster. I got all the shrimp I could eat, Caesar salad, iced tea. $20 Bill, what did you do? Oh, I went to the movies. I saw the shack. I got me the little kids popcorn and the little drink, and I went and saw the shack. $10 Bill, what did you do? Oh, I went to the bait store, got some worms, and I went fishing. $5 Five dollar bill. What did you do today? Oh, I went to Starbucks today. Got that cream latte, mocha, uh, cinnamon twist roll, double espresso. <laughs> dollar bill. What did you do today? What I do every Sunday. I went to church. I need a twenty dollar bill. Twenty. Maybe a twenty. I'll give it back. Jay has one. Let me thank you, Chase. Jay caught a big fish yesterday. I'm jealous. This is the most common uh, source of money that we have in our in our system right now. You'll see more twenty dollar bills than any other bills. It just this just happens to be the the the, popular, curic- the uh, popular currency that we use. This $20 bill can buy enough meth to run a good evening. This $20 bill can purchase enough alcohol to kill a life on the freeway. This $20 bill will purchase enough Xanax to create an overdose. This $20 bill will be enough to sustain a nicotine habit that destroys lungs. This $20 bill has enough ability to buy a prostitute. Money talks. I was going to show you the value of this $20 bill. Today it's this much because of inflation. It doesn't change the fact that God trusts us with both. He trusts us with both. And it's up to us to to determine what we're going to do with both. He said, I'll give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And when God talks about seed, Alden, he knows all about seed. God, who set up the principles of sowing and reaping, Sowed. Are you ready? A son. And sowing that son, he reaped a family. God knows all about sowing, but God had to decide. He could have sent an angel. He could have sent a disciple, but he didn't. Sent a son. He gave the very best that he had so we could get the very best he has. Let me say that again. He sold the very best he had so we could get the very best he has. If you'll help me with some music. There was a uh, contractor, and I know all the carpenters will enjoy this story. There was a, let me give this back while I'm still thinking about it. Thank you. Perfect illustration, didn't plan it. God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. There are two types of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. A giver has to know when he needs to stop giving because a taker never will stop taker will take and take and take three things that are never happy one of those is a fire no matter how much you throw on a fire it's still going to burn it's never satisfied and that's the attitude of a taker so this morning Jay took what represents a meal something he could eat eater and he, he called it seed and turned it into seed God allows us to take we can take Two things we can do with our seed. We can take our seed and eat it, or we can take our seed and sow it. It's up to us. Tithing is not a suggestion. It's a trust issue. It's it's a trust issue to bring 10% of your growth to the house of God. The Bible didn't say mail it. didn't say what's that money pal thing. Money pal it. He said bring it. He said bring it. He said bring, don't mail it off. Bring it to a place that you're a part of that's meeting the need of the orphan, the widow, and the prison. Get planted. Get involved. Become a part. Take a leap of faith. Trust me and see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Rebuke the devourer and call you blessed and call your seed blessed in Jesus' name. Very well-to-do contractor. Had built malls home subdivisions all over America getting ready to retire his boss the developer he worked for called him into his office and said hey before you retire I got one more project for you one more project I want you to build me a house and I don't want just a normal house I want a house I I want you to spare no cost I want you to make it large I want nice trim nice hardwood floor nice tile I want it roomy. I want you to put the best furniture money can buy. I want you, before you retire, do one more project and build me a house. Contractor walked out of the developer's office with an attitude. Jay, he'd been paid well by the guy. He'd done well, but he got an attitude. And he said, you know, all the years I've worked for this developer, he's never built me a house. He's never done a thing for me. And so he started the project, but his heart wasn't really in it. He didn't really use the best lumber. He didn't use the best floor plan. He didn't use the nicest hardwood floor. He didn't put the nicest crown molding. He just kind of threw it together, put furniture in it, went to rooms to go, didn't go to the other, other place, put kind of cheap furniture, got it all furnished, got the appliances in, and then he called the developer and says, hey, I just want to tell you, your house is com- complete. You can now move into it. And the developer said, No, that's your house. All the years you served me, all the things you did for me, I want to do something extra special for you before you, you retire. Take that house, it's yours. Let's don't live our life like that. Let's don't live our life with our priorities out of order. Let's don't live our life not realizing, understanding. That what we sow here on earth has eternal reward, eternal redemption. Father, we thank you for this house. We thank you for the generosity of this house. We thank you for every saint in this house. I pray this morning that we would, with Jesus, we wouldn't stop, that we wouldn't become satisfied with where we are, with what we have, with what we're doing. But we'll walk a little farther with Jesus and we'll hear his plan. We'll sow into this ministry. We'll be involved in his life we will make a difference we will touch a life we will touch a city we'll touch a nation we'll touch the world that our seed will be significant and we will be a blessing to the kingdom and to you father I'm here to declare this morning the Davis family you can trust us not just with the minimum but any favor blessing you bring our way we will disperse it like the New Testament church we will take what we have and give it to those that don't have as much We'll try to bless every widow, every orphan, every single mom, every, every kid that doesn't have a dad. We'll try to reach out and touch the prison ministries, those that are recovering from prison, that we would be there for them to encourage them and bless them and let them know they can make it. They don't have to stay incarcerated, but they can be healthy, they can be blessed, and they can receive the wealth of the wicked to turn things around in their life with their children, their grandchildren their deaths, their purpose. In Jesus' name we declare this. And they all said, amen.